Here we go. Hello, folks. Welcome to episode 74 Four. of the Jungle Brothers podcast. I was a bit thrown off because I wasn't present last week. Uh, you guys did the episode with Ben Higgs, which is sick. Mental health. Uh, today we're talking about, well, a bit of things, but Jungle Brothers, the brand and its identity and a couple of things therein. And we're going to grill Paulie a little bit. Paul's grill called, me? Were you going to get grilled? We didn't tell you that until just now. But uh, yeah, T wants to get some information you're, out of you. You're going to roll me in flour first? <laughs> Cut to. Roast you. <laughs> can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Yeah, bro, we can hear you. Um, guys, welcome to the show. A uh, couple of things. Our next internship, well, our current one's wrapping up in two weeks, which has been fucking incredible, actually, coming off the back of COVID. It's been awesome. The coaches have done great. It was a little bit tumult- turbulent, rather, because uh, we had COVID that kind of interrupted it and people had to make changes to their work routines and whatnot. And anyway, everyone was able to get it together and make it work coming out of the back of COVID. So that's been excellent. We're about to finish. We have our next one, which is actually already halfway full. Um, uh, and it kicks off on the 22nd of October. So if you are interested, get at us. Um, it's, uh, yeah. If you want to be a coach, but if you want to know more about working with Jungle Brothers, this is the way to do it. And so uh, 12-week program, get at us. If you want any help with your training or anything like that, at Jungle Brothers Movement, is our Instagram and junglebrothers.com is where you can get us on the website. Uh, Paulie T, welcome, gents. G'day. Hello. I've said it many times. I love having uh, the interns here. So good. Just being around the gym? Yeah, yeah just being around the gym. Um, just their energy. They're in a learning mode, in a sponge mode, and they're talking about stuff that you know we do that we don't really realize, and it just energizes you and keeps you on your game. They're asking you those questions about whether it's coaching or the business. And it's like, yeah, I just love that. It's like being on campus. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's yep. kind of nice to feel like you actually have something to offer these people. Yep. Yep. Totally. I can think back to before we had an internship and, and uh, talking with um, really only one friend of mine who's a coach, Alan Romero, who uh, is like a one man band, runs a really nice little gym down just on the outskirts of Canberra. Um, but he was running an internship and when I heard it, I was like, wow, that's like, right. Oh, mm. fuck. What does he, how does he do that? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's just got some shit to teach and he teaches these people and then they kind of come up as a coach and I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like it sounded, it sounded way beyond where I thought we were at. Mm. And then, you know, some time and some years and, and some experience. And then you're like, all right, we, we can actually do something. We can do that for people. And it's been, it's been awesome realizing at every internship we run that there's like more and more stuff that I want to impart on these guys. It's getting better every time, hey? Every time. Yep. And it's almost like the 12 weeks is not enough. Yes. You know, at first yep. it was like, oh, what can we fill it with? And now it's like, fuck, we need more time. Because mm. it's just, mm. it's kind of never ending the amount it's of- It's not enough. It's not. It's just an insight, really. Yeah. I think it's really important people understand that when you do anything for that shorter period, that it's just an insight- and then everything else comes from the practice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so true. That was actually some of the feedback I got from the guys in the session yesterday. I got them to write down feedback for me. And, uh, and some of it came back. It was like, oh, I feel like we've only just touched on a lot of these topics. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have, you know. But, and, and I guess, you know, you, you, would, you would like the idea that you could go and learn everything in that period of time. If it were full-time, maybe a different story. But, mm. it's, yeah, it's a part-time course. Yeah, people got to work. That's right. Um, For us, hopefully. That's right. That's the goal. Yep. What um, 
T, you were just showing us some some videos prior to starting this show. What have you been watching on YouTube, bro? I was just watching the um the Republicans um elections uh, speeches and the Trump Trump uh, the Trump campaign. Yeah, it's like a fucking circus. <laughs> Why do you watch it? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's enter- you obviously you need to. Oh well, look, a lot's riding on this this uh this next election. Uh, it's not an Australian election. Of course, I've, we've always got more interest in our own, what's happening in our own backyard. But I think um, when you have like the, the the world's top position uh, up for grabs, uh, or you know, like kind of swaying uh, between two very different um, parties, uh, I think they're the they've, uh, they're, they're the most different they've been for a very long time. Um, yeah, I think everybody should have an interest in it because it's going to, the outcome is going to affect everyone's life. Every single person on this planet will be affected by where America goes over the next four years, without a doubt. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's Why is that? Well, because both of these guys have very different um, political views. Um, but why, why does it have an effect on the globe? Well, uh, I mean, we're looking at what's happening between America and China right now. Yeah. Um, that can either diffuse and start to go back to what it was, and that's uh, a trade um, and, you know, open borders, or um, it, could get, it could get worse. It could, it could potentially lead uh, to a, a, a next war, you know, which is where a lot of uh, political analysts are, are, um, are predicting – um, what is happening with these uh, these lockdowns and these uh, you know um, b- breaks in trade agreement and all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, you're either trading or you're or you're or you're hating on each other. Yeah, it's usually one or the other. You know, there's a little bit in between there, but you're you're heading in one direction or the other. So right now, I'd prefer not to go to war. You know, uh, I think there's more important things for us to be dealing with as a as a species like uh, climate change and overpopulation and food distribution and stuff that we need everyone to be working together on. Uh, and I think um, a lot will ride on, uh, on those big decisions uh, that either of these guys make if they get, a, get the, the top dog seat. Who's going to win it? That's fucking hard to tell, you know. I mean, he's, he got voted in the first time. Trumpskies. Oh, Trumpy. Yep. He did. And everyone was like, there's no way this guy's going to get the fucking <laughs> seat. And he got it. Yeah. You know? And you watch what he's putting out now and you think, no way. Someone's going to watch that stuff and, and actually believe it. But people do, you know? Like this guy is a compulsive liar, like diagnosed. And the majority of the stuff that he says uh, doesn't come true and it's a blatant lie, but people just choose not to see it, you know? So it's interesting, you know? Yeah, and there's a lot of, um, it's a fucking tricky one, especially when the country's in uh, kind of the amount of turmoil it's in for a lot of folks, because someone like that, like they've, they've shown with voting that people who are really concerned about one particular immediate thing in their life, they can vote for someone who's completely against their values, like 99%, but they have one policy that will that they see as a solution to with them. yeah to that issue they're facing right now today. So they'll vote for them. So you know you can have people mm. that fucking hate Trump, but they're like, yeah, I, I still think he's going to do the best by me because of X. Yeah, 
which is concerning. It's almost like you forget all of the stuff that you don't like about them and because you're just focused on fixing your main problem. Yeah. Um, the American uh, economy was moving in a really good direction before COVID and the chances of him getting voted out over that time were quite slim. But I think um, things have changed a lot over COVID and the way he's dealt with it and what's happening with all the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and how little amount of control he actually has over his population in a, in a positive way uh, is exposing a lot of weakness. And I think uh, now uh, it's up for grabs. Like it's, it's going to be a tight one. It's pretty uh, exhilarating. It's exciting. Joe Biden's ready to fucking tortoise his way in there and well, snatch the He made the a crown. good decision by bringing in, um, I've forgotten the name, his, uh, his vice who's a you know, progressive black female, mm-hmm. which I think um, was a, a strategically a very, very smart move, you know. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But, yeah, I'll be watching. Watch this space. Paul, uh, do you follow this stuff? I do. I do loosely. Um, but, you know, I don't really know that much about politics. I know that I don't like Trump. I don't know, I, I don't, I know that I don't like, you know, how he presents as a leader. Um, you know the, the the dialogue that he persists with is definitely not good for for culture for those those things. You know what they allow people to to do, or you know they embolden certain groups of people with certain views. Um, so yeah, I I don't know much about American politics. Well, hell, I don't know that much about Australian politics either. And I know America's really kind of fucking complex with uh, that sort of melting pot over there, the history they've had. But, um, yeah, I haven't been following it close enough. I really don't know much about the Democratic side. But they're not perfect neither, right? The no, two-party no, system no, is no, pretty no, shit. No system is. Yeah. And there's always going to, going to be an element of corruption and, yes. you know, and then this short, this short kind of um, uh, like this short um, foresight when yeah, it comes yeah. to, to, to development and stuff like that because you've got four years to – be to you know to, to be in. known to be the you know the, yep. the one that everyone wants to yes. to talk about. Uh, you don't you're not going to be thinking about twenty year projects. You know what I mean? That costs yeah. billions of dollars, which is what it's going to take for us to switch from fossil to renewables. But it's a necessity, and at, at the end of that, the there's there's a lot of money to be made. But um, who's going to pull that trigger and be hated for the whole time they're in in uh, you know in the seat, and then mm. you know. 20 years later, someone else gets all the credit. You know, it's kind of human nature, self-serving in a way, you know. So it's going to take some special individuals out there to step up and look at the, you know, the bigger picture and think, all right, where, what direction are we going to take humanity in, you know? And I think a lot of that starts at grassroots, to be honest. They'll need to be pushed by the population to say, hey, you know what? We're all got fucking long-term, long foresight, because I got my kids and they're going to have their grandkids and these are the changes we want to make. And they'll do that by, you know, putting their money in the right place because money drives politics yeah, at the end of the day. It's the big it. business. You know? That's the, the tough part, isn't it? Yeah, so we just need to shift that money into the places where it needs to be for us to move forward, you know. But I think uh, a big war in the middle of that is going to be very detrimental, especially nowadays because you don't really know what, what war is going to look like now 
we've got kind of happening like right. the, the, the cyber stuff seems to be happening all the time yeah cyber and, you, got this and you, cyber hear, war. you hear little things and you're like holy shit like like you know millions of australians um, whatever personal details were stolen by some kind of russian fucking state funded organization yeah. you're like mm. shouldn't that be big news Mm. It's yeah. like, no, no, that shit's going on all the time. All the time like everyone's stealing it. Like it's, yeah. you know, and then, and then there's, you know, yeah, these, these, yeah, these kind of war games with China and the, you know, mm. like um, in the ocean. And it's like, there's all these little things happening that- Trade wars. Yeah, yeah trade mm. wars as well. Like, like constantly kind of that, I guess to us, they don't seem- Little conflicts. Yeah. But they're, they're you know, I don't know, I guess from a, from a power struggle perspective, they're hugely significant. Yeah. And uh, and then of course you've got weaponry nowadays, which is very different to uh, to uh, what it's been in the past. Uh, and, and you've got uh, like this massive amount of money going into um, autonomous weaponry, where you can send something out to do a job for you, and you don't even have to you don't have to think about it again. Don't have it, to man no, it. Yeah, it, it can. Uh, there's there's this technology now with AI where you can just. The, the aim for, for autonomous weaponry is that you just push button and it will go out, a little army, and it'll execute military um, stra- strategy and it'll literally do the job. You won't even have to look at it. Further dehumanising the whole process. That's right. So you could like send it into an area, it could clean it out and yep. clean it up and you wouldn't even know that there was you know, people or a village there or whatever. It's so very scary stuff. I think there's a lot of folks out there, perhaps in Victoria, who would claim that uh, COVID is such a weapon. <laughs> yes. And I the, a lot of these people also follow Alan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank Alan Jones for listening today. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> that piece of shit. Isn't he? He's Isn't a that? fucking scum. Oh, bing, 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 a hit a button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, a, I got a, a couple of friends on Facebook who I've had to kind of take a break from because they're just, oh. you, you, you can see that they've been heavily influenced by the, the alternative um, narratives around COVID and, you know, a lot of the conspiracy theories and they're moving towards, you know, anti-vaccination and... Um, Agenda 21, you heard about that one? No. Oh, God. Is that where good, they, yeah, one. right. <laughs> Is that the one where they want to sterilise the population so that people can not live anymore and then not pay taxes? Is that the, that one? The, um, <laughs> it fucking makes perfect sense. They're going to make heaps of money. <laughs> area, area, tw- area 20, uh, uh, Agenda 21, I think this is how it goes. Someone's probably going to pull me up on this. Hang on, hang on. I'll just light this spliff up before we go into the (laughs) garage. So supposedly Bill Gates is in cahoots with the the UN and and he's obviously making shitloads of money out of selling people um, vaccinations. vaccinations And um, in this next vaccination that everyone has to take like this mandatory vaccination, there's something in it that is connect that, that will be triggered by the 5G network yeah. that will potentially wipe out. You talk about it like it's not happening. Yeah, yeah like wipe out. <laughs> like I think I want to wipe out like a nine-tenths of the population and, and with the push of a button. Uh, and it's driven- And still our credit by, card details. Yeah, like the sustainable energy industry and uh-huh. um, humanitarian something around, which I thought was- Yeah, because a lot of the fucking wind towers very, and stuff have the receivers and the transmitters yeah. of the 5G. <laughs> So I'll connect them. It all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Bill I Gates. I not see that. There was, there was that, um, you guys might have heard that he was responsible. His vaccination in, uh, where was it? I looked it up the other day. Um, I can't remember, but uh, I think the World Health Organization just announced that they've, um, they've eradicated, was it, was it measles in Africa? 
Yeah. Um, which his organization has had a huge part in. Um, and there was uh, this rumor going around that it, it's been reported on, obviously through social media, because it all comes through like it's legit, that his vaccinations were responsible for having paralyzed over half a million children. You hear about that one? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And that's the one that the, the, the proponents of uh, this, you know, Bill Gates conspiracy theory hold on to. Like, well, he fucking paralyzed half a million children in India. How about that? He's killing children. And then, I, you know, you look it up and it's like, no, it never happened. Never happened. Someone wrote about it on Facebook and then it just went and it had like 170,000 shares Jesus. within like 48 hours. And the then echo it, chamber. Yeah. Affirmed it just by liking it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's fucking bananas. Well, it happened. Well, he had a. You, you saw the measles outbreak in in Samoa, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That um, I think that it was really. It's quite tragic. Like um, I think it was two. There were two babies, maybe um, twins. That um, something. Ha- you know, Paul knows what uh, Pacific Island hospitals are like, and they're not the same caliber as you get here in Australia or. Many you don't go to them. Yeah, you just kind no, of... Just, no, literally, they, <laughs> yeah. they don't go to them when yeah, you're they're, sick. They they're, just deal with it at home. Yeah, deal with it at home. They don't trust the hospital. Absolutely. Yeah, understaffed, not the trust, undermanned, and they just don't have the... Get, yeah, they don't have the skills or the or, or the, um, the, the, the infrastructure, infrastructure or the equipment, yeah. and they've worked very hard. Like, uh, the, the, the people there that do the job are, are fucking good at it, but with what they've got, you know, the tools that they've got, the education and, and the tools. But anyway... Um, it was, I think the vaccinations were like out of date or it was the wrong, the wrong fucking fluid or some shit. But anyway, these kids uh, died and then the whole from, island- From the vaccination? Well, from the, the mishap that right. happened was supposed to be vaccinated and yeah. it was something else. And then um, one of the, one of the um, evangelists got up there and just started fucking- preaching on it mm, like mm. vaccination's evil you've seen what it done to these kids and then everyone started shitting themselves and like i'm not getting fucking vaccinated and then it was like, i think it, like it was just a five-year period or three or something like that and someone flew in from the states with measles and fucking it literally just wiped out like 70 people in in a matter of weeks wow yeah it was crazy and then um they had to send all this uh um uh, these medical uh, people in with uh, fucking vaccinations to try and get people to get vaccinated. And they're like running from these fucking ambulances thinking that they're going to get, um, f- going to fucking die Hot from shot. it. Yeah. It mm, was really mm. surreal. Brutal. And you think, how is that fucking happening today at this day and age? It's very strange. You know, I think we forget what it's like to be in, in uh, a space where, where, you know, nature is actually, out to get you, you know, and I'm fuck. You know how much I love being in the bush, eating from organic uh, produce, and I understand the benefits of nature. But this whole movement of like m- stepping away from the hospitals and hospitals are bad and the the negative and the and they're unnatural. They're unnatural for a fucking reason because if you walk out into the bush with no clothes on for a day, you'll realize that. Everything out there just wants a piece of you. Yeah. Wants your fucking nutrients, the bugs, the plants, everything. And it is brutal and it is fucking unforgiving and it will not fucking tolerate weakness. So if you're sick out there, you're, you're buggered. So you need to be in an environment where you don't have anything natural in there. It's an unnatural environment where you can treat somebody, make them better, 
Send them on away again. Plus, the world we live in is we live in mega societies here where we're all in each other's pockets <laughs> in cities. Cesspit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if we all lived, and you know, we didn't know the fucking tribe five kilometers from here, you might be safe. Yeah. But oh, well, that I mean, one little village you'd go down, and then the others would be okay. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of the um the, with the anti-vax discussion too. That's sort of it's like a real privileged position to be like in say Australia and go like oh, I don't believe in it. It's fucking deadly and whatever. It's like well, you can afford to have that opinion because yep. you have one of the best medical systems on mm. the planet and one of the healthiest and most affluent societies, you know. But I guarantee, like yeah, if you went and lived in a place like where it, it truly was like living on top of each other, cesspit of bacteria, people getting sick and dropping like flies. Yeah. Like you would fucking take whatever you could get your hands you'd on. Fucking line up because for it. survival would be your most, like that would be the imperative. When you're seeing people around you die, children and healthy people and folk, not just the old, elderly, like the- From curable COVID. diseases. Yeah. The, then you line up mm. and fucking, you, you, you line up all fucking day for that shit. You know? Jab me. <laughs> Give me two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Steal the supply and run away. Yeah, and I think it's very, you know, it upsets me because people, uh, and, and this is what I believe is happening right now, people are cherry picking their science, you know? Mm. You got evidence-based, proven science from fucking experts in their field and you're cherry picking when you want to use it. Mm. So if, you're, if you honestly believe that the doctor's out to get you by giving you uh, a, um, an injection for... Yeah, you know, to, to keep you safe, then the next time you're sick, don't fucking go to hospital. Mm. If if you've broken your arm, don't go to hospital because if you can't trust them with the with a with the vaccination, how can you trust them with a broken bone? How can you trust them with some kind of like fucking uh, in, internal disorder? You know That's what right. I mean? Let your appendix yeah, burst. Yeah, just just stay away from the hospital. Go to naturopath. You know what I mean? Like it it frustrates the shit out of me, and I think that we have to have a bit more respect for the people that have dedicated their lives to these studies, our scientists and, and, our, uh, and, our, and, our, and our doctors and our nurses, and they're on the front line in these unnatural environments that are fucking horrible to work in and not getting the credit that they deserve for the sacrifices that they're making, you know? Real talk. Mm. I was in hospital last week and I had a fucking excellent time. I went in to have a little clean up of my knee. It was mad. It was so mad. Everyone was so nice. The nurses were so nice. Even the admin staff, it was public hospital. They were fucking legends. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I'm like, they'd got me chilling out on this comfy recliner chair. I'm wearing the gown and these nice brand new socks they give you. And then they mm. put you in a bed and they start wheeling you. It's like, it's like getting pushed around on this wheelie bed. People yeah. ask, yeah, what do you do? It's like being in Star Trek. It's mad. All the technology. Yeah. All the, the resources. and Dude, then they wheel, they wheel me into a, a theater and there's literally like, nine people buzzing around me yeah they're all there for me doing their thing oh, all hey, experts yeah in their field three or four people on the anesthetic team you know they're like oh i'm Crazy. just gonna give you this little jab here <laughs> and then woman says to me what about beer do you like beer be nice to have a beer tonight wouldn't it and i'm like yeah i like beer <laughs> and you're like i know what you're doing to me and then you're like wake up and it's four hours later but it's the you know it's just it's incredible and then i didn't pay for anything that's like that's that whole thing. thing and then you walk out of there and they're like see ya here's your meds go pee. and you're like fuck yeah, amazing yeah it's what the rest of the world want you know yeah and we've got it so we need to be a show a bit of gratitude you know at the end of the day of course hospital food's not good it tastes like shit so what you got food 
You've been given free food. Not bad. Shut the fuck up. Stop whinging. No, Eat it. Ham and cheese sandwich. Be thankful that you got free food. I'll give it to the person next to you. A little jam serving. Yeah. Be grateful that you've got a bed. Or Vegemite. You know? little instant coffee in a polystyrene cup. That's mad. It's, it's novel. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I think of the a, orange American juice. politics, I often think about the hospital system. Fuck, imagine living over there. And I think about the guns. It's like, and, I, and I always feel very grateful straight away for here. Like, oh, fuck, the shit that goes guns, on there with guns. Bro. I mean, we don't have to go into it. But the fact that we just don't have that culture here is it's, it's a huge difference between the two of us. And it just seems from where we're sitting so obvious, like I'm sure you all share, you look at them, you're going, the fuck are they thinking? It's bananas. How? Yeah. How? That's one amazing thing John Howard did. <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm not a Howard fan. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, not a liberal, but um, he did an amazing thing by bringing in all the, all the, the, the gun laws. Yeah. It was fantastic and quite scary for him. You know, he had to stand up in front of the what? what what's our uh, gun uh, oh, shooting shooters party? Shooters party. Yeah, he'd stand up in front of them. They had to wear a flak jacket while they were just hurling abuse at him. Really? Yeah, you, you can hear record. You can you could look it up on YouTube or somewhere, and you'll hear the recordings of him trying to explain to these people that they can no longer have like fully automatic or semi-automatic weapons, and they're like. I'm going to fucking kill you, Al. I'm going to shoot you. I'll shoot you with a fucking gun before I give it to you. It was like, it was scary. I was wow. thinking, mate, you got to have some balls to get up in front of those guys and stand there and get that kind of abuse. It was, it was really scary. I was like, jeez, good on him. I was learning, um, uh, I've been doing a bit of a dive into uh, this podcast series that's talking about the origins of, it's funny, right? Because the American, the American thing is very interesting. Mm. And there's some great stories that come out of it. Fascinating stuff. But I've been listening to this podcast series. It's all about the, the origins of the police force in America. And it goes through a whole bunch of different aspects of it from um, slave patrols to Ku Klux Klan to um, like border patrols. Uh, and, you know, a lot of heavy shit. Like just, and it's all kind of, uh, it, it's all kind of merged together and it's now essentially what they have as their police force. And in different states, it has a slightly different origin story. Um, but I learned about this group they have there called the, uh, the Boogaloos. Have you heard the Boogaloos? I haven't. These are the guys that turn up. They turned up, uh, uh, they were there like, I guess they're mostly pro-Trump, but they turned up with all their automatic weapons and they were, they essentially, you can, you can pick them because they're, they're pretty much always white, but they're wearing, they wear like um, pants and Hawaiian shirts. They always wear Hawaiian shirts and automatic weapons. They're always heavily armed. Jesus. And they're, they're essentially um, Confederate supporters who, they're not all inherently racist, but racism is pretty prevalent in there. Um, and they, uh, I believe, they, they all believe that there is like a second civil war coming. And that's the, that's the boogaloo. That's the big boogaloo as oh, they refer wow. to it. So they're like heavily armed because they're like ready to fight. Mm. Uh, and they're turning up. So you get like the Black Lives Matter thing going on and then you might get white supremacists and then you might get the boogaloo crew oh and like gosh. all these different factions. And, you, you know, you see them like turning up at rallies with fucking machine guns on the, over that slung over their oh, shoulders and stuff. Gosh. You're like, man, how the fuck does... I'm surprised that it doesn't kick, you know, well, more doesn't kick did, off. Like two days ago, mm. some fella walked into the fucking black, black lives, lives matter, matter and just started popping people dead set yeah fully automatic 17 young white fella oh god oh man really horrible like horrible stuff i think uh, when you see these this, these factions forming within a society and this the, this the culture starting to like peel apart from itself it's a direct reflection of of poor leadership 
Yeah. Leadership is there to unite people and bring people together. And we, d- we haven't seen this. You know, it's happening all over the world in, in certain areas. And you just have to look at the person who's in power at the time and you're like, what are you fucking doing wrong? Like, you know, a lot of the times it's much easier to get your population pointing the finger at each other so you can get away with either, you know, being corrupt or hiding the fact that you're shit at your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking it's a strange time. It's, it's funny because there's almost an opportunity in the COVID thing to, to be a good leader and to unite people. Well, like, so what everyone was expecting was going to happen. Yeah. But it didn't. I mean, and it's not without its like dramas. Like if yeah. you look at um, blah, ScoMo and uh, is it Daniel Anderson from the mayor of, um, or, you know, the governor of Victoria or whatever. Yeah. Like he's having a fucking hard time. But there is, there is an opportunity there because it's like, all right, we've got this one, everyone has this one common enemy. So now mm. we can band together against it. But it's like Trump just fucked it up. Yeah. Like he couldn't have fucked it up any worse. I don't know. It seems. <laughs> I mean, guy's still that president. Like a mess. Yes, mm. Mr. President. Mess. Mm. Well, that's a good little intro, gents. It's over now, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've run out of time. We want to talk about the JB brand and its identity. And uh, this, is, this is something that's kind of bumbled along from, you know, it's just evolved organically. And I think that um, as we get into it, we'll probably realize that there's parts of it maybe we weren't aware of that just occurred. And, you know, there's been different forces and different people acting on it and design and ideas and that kind of thing. But I think, Paulie, you've, you've been very responsible for just overseeing at least this in its early stages. Mm. Um, can you can you give us a set little set the standard, didn't he? Set he, the standard. He did from taking that. Remember when he went and did his graphic design course? Yeah, and came up with our logo and color palette. That was one like one phase of it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was naturally Let's, one of my yeah. one of my roles when we first started out. Um, and you know, Tiara Award always had me pinned for that for that particular portfolio. Would you say? Yeah. If we go right back to the if beginning, we go right back. It was like that was um that was our conversation because yeah. I remember you saying to me. I've never been in a gym before. <laughs> yeah. Never, never had a gym. Why you want to be in a gym? I've never been in a gym. What did you say? He's still only ever been to this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's so good. And we talked about all the different, you know, obviously the different, um, the different elements of a business. Yeah, yeah. And the one that was most attractive to to you about this space would have been. The image and you know photography and that kind of stuff that goes with it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was the bait. That was the bait. Yeah, um, mate, you just sit around, come up with images, do graphic design. I yeah. love it. Yeah, passive income. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It's like you said, Joe. It's been something that has evolved over time, and I kind of see it. Had a quick think just before we started, as something that's always going to evolve. Um, yeah, at, uh, at the beginning, I was there taking on all the ideas of the group, and I still do. Um, and I remember, uh, if I think about yeah, some of the images that we had back, back at the beginning, we were trying to figure out really who we were and what, what we wanted to do, what our business was going to look like. But we all decided from – and there were some different ideas there, but we, we did decide from the very beginning that we wanted to make a cool brand, yeah. It was very clear that we weren't going to just fall in line – and do the fitness industry standard thing uh, in terms of just how we present ourselves right from the logo, the images, to what we wear, to the actual look of the gym itself. We've always been from the, from the beginning. There's 
there's them and then there's us type thing. I think that's an attitude that we, we probably all hold naturally uh, when I look at the, the three of us, um, you know, kind of against the grain. I, I've always seen myself as, you know, whatever I'm – I always see myself as an individual in whatever group I've been in, if you know what I mean. Um, so you're carrying that attitude into, yeah, making our brand, I think – We've done well because I think it's it's our personality, you know what I mean? And we've just mm. kind of lent into that rebels. more and more. Rebels. It was rebels. A lot of rebel talk. There was a lot of... Uh, Big time rebels. Re- uh, revolution yeah. talk and, and the images that we had, we were, were kind of uh, collaging, piecing together. We'd, we'd send each other emails and you were sending me all this... Uh, this this communist stuff. There's a lot of communist propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> but it was more the the art the the style of art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More so than the blocky and yeah. strong and yeah, empowering. Yeah, just the hard work. Yeah, yeah. big hands. Yeah, and tools, hammers, and people working together. That yeah. kind of stuff. Everybody having a good time. Yeah, everyone, everyone yeah. prosperous. Mixed with um, what's his name? Frazetta. Yeah, uh, Frank Frazetta. Gra- yeah, graphic. Novel artist, uh, famous grandfather one. of of uh, fantasy. Yes, probably, yeah, one of the one of the greatest so, fantasy art. Sure, yeah, um, and they're amazing illustrators. Yep. ever. It's, yeah, look him up. So yeah, look Frank him up if you don't Frazetta. know. But you know, amazing. lots of images of uh, Tarzan and ogres and monsters. Yeah, and, and anatomy and was women. His, um, yeah, anatomy was amazing. It was always jungle anatomy. scenes and yeah. and and Skin. war landscapes and stuff like and that. And just yeah. positions like the body in like. Full stretch with the spines like nice and healthy yes. and bendy yep. and clad with muscle in all the right areas. And he would have had some amazing models. <laughs> Imagine his job. Yeah. Don't even just get like all the Jason Momoa smoking <laughs> looking humans and get them to stand in one position for ages. Yeah, right. totally. Naked. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And then mixed in with that was like, I think the, the influences came from where I, I, I'd naturally mixed in you know, cultural markers that I'd picked up along the way. And a big part of us growing up was skateboarding. Um, and with skateboarding, uh, you know, there's surfing as well. We did a bunch of surfing and it's just those cultures that come from, um, yeah, they're, they're subcultures really. And it's, you know, they, they do things a little different. Um, there's a lot of self-expression, doing it your own way. You know what I mean? A lot of self-expression. Yeah. Doing it your own way, starting your own thing. Um, I think, you know, being cool is something that's I've always aspired to be, you know, as in less consciously when I was young, but now I realise, like, you're always trying to be the coolest person in the room and skateboarding comes with that thing, arts that I love, like hip-hop and stuff, like it comes with a certain like part of the culture is trying to be trying to be cool, you know, talking cool, acting cool when you walk in, you know, just that's just part of growing up and street I, level I, street level yeah, i had that really in my household you know good at that you yeah you're, <laughs> you're a really cool guy <laughs> too. cool guy <laughs> like yeah really cool I don't, thumbs yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know like uh and and i remember when we when we started putting the brand together um yeah we what did we say yeah we we well there was a point where we were looking at our model and we were like we're looking at the numbers and doing these business plans and deciding we made that decision. Do we want to make a gym that we makes the most money for us? Or do we want to make one that we can stand by? Yeah. And, and for us that looked like, you know, 
how do we get rich quick type thing. Like, well, the quickest way to get rich is to, to you know, make a franchise and yada, yada. Well, to make so a successful franchise and, and duplicate it, it's got to be simple and scalable. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like reducing all of our philosophies down and throwing them out the window. Or do we do, do we make a gym that we train in and we want to stand by? And that decision at the beginning was like, okay, if we want to, we decided obviously what we are now. So we, we stand by something and it's woven into our everyday lives and our passions and, and that our decision pers- and it's a personal business for us. Forever after. Poor forever. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. But proud. But, but fucking cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, it was great. You know, it was like hell when it comes to the brand, like we just, this is our baby now. We make this thing as cool as we fucking can. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit about how and it And it's started. attracting even cooler people. Yes. Which unfortunately keeps moving me <laughs> cool, down the ladder. Cooler, cool, cooler than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As they come in, like one person will be cooler than Paul and Joe. And yeah. then I'm like the fourth coolest. And then another <laughs> yeah. one comes in and then I become fifth yeah. and sixth. You're like room temp now. And then I'm like, no, nah, I'm warm, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> What, what about um, fitness industry did we not think was cool? Why didn't we like fitness industry? Polos. There's not many cool people in. I mean, there's fit people. Polo. But it's not like Polo coolness industry. Polyester shirts. Polyester shirts. Fitness industry, isn't it? Physio outfits. Yeah, it's a bit whack. <laughs> yeah, they're not fitness. Fit, fitness and coolness are not necessarily. Cross trainers. They're two very different genres in a way. Like, you know, we're talking like the classical, you know, fitness look you know? yeah purples and yeah and shit just just shit. it's it's funny isn't it it's like very clean shit. cut yeah. very kind of very straight like quite conservative yeah um i mean there's definitely like there's some really cool like there are cool gyms out there that we've seen and for sure, a for lot sure. of things came up through crossfit and yeah the smaller it's gym movement changed. you're like yeah. oh sick but yeah on the whole it's a pretty kind of poindexter-ish sort of realm mm. and we never wanted to fall into that no and I think yep. we've done a good job of avoiding that trap. Yeah, me too. It is a trap. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get like, yeah, it evolved. There were stages. There was a lot of learning involved. Like hell, I'm talking about like when we started, there was a lot of different logos that we had. Tell us about the logo, the logo uh, evolution. Yeah, well, you did your logo course and you, the stuff oh, that yeah, you were yeah, doing yeah, yeah, was yeah. actually frowned upon by the, your teacher at the time. Not frowned upon, but was said said that certain elements of it that aren't uh, going to work. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, well, look, I'm not a design expert at all, and they said you're I our design expert. Yeah, yeah. correct. And it was uh, it was uh, it was <laughs> the birth of like where where our art is today. You know. Well, it it um yeah, I, I did that graphic design course. It was six weeks, and it was. Uh, it was kind of like correspondence and stuff by uh, a cool graphic designer, um, Alyssa. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Eve. Refs, Alyssa yeah, Eve. Yeah, Alyssa Guth. Um, and she, she's a gym owner's partner. I think they just had a baby yeah. a couple of months ago. Um, but I did one with her at, at the time. But I, I, up until then, I was completely self-taught from working in the film industry and jumping on Creative Suite and using Photoshop and Illustrator Drawing and stuff. yourself as well. A little bit when I was growing up, for sure. But um, yeah, so then I, I did that course to try and, you know, uh, trying to actually uh, approach the whole brand thing. Um, Officialize in, it. Yeah, bit. with some, with you know, with with some tact. And um, it's just this trade-off type thing when you talk about the logo, trade-off between um, 
you know, creating something really cool that you really like visually and it's something that's going to scale or be able to uh, show, like present well on multiple platforms, you know, whether it's on your screen, on a little iPhone, whether it's on a little tag or it's big on a T-shirt. So I guess what I was doing, I think what you're referring to is like uh, making a logo that just, it, it was, there was too much shit, like too much detail in it. Yeah. So it's like re- pull it all the way back. And look, I, I, I don't do our design now. Um, I do some, you know, flyers and gym stuff around the gym. Um, but our, we've since outsourced that to someone. And, and this is kind of the evolution of it. And the advice for, you know, for, for anyone who's trying to build their brand is you just got to uh, look for cool stuff and work with people who know, like people that align with you that have certain, um, you know, uh, aesthetic. Who's our guy? Of, uh, our guy's Johan. Johan. Johan Mappi. Yeah. Um, Legend. Shout out, bruh. Yeah, shout out Joe Mappi. Oh, we'll have to find out job. his Instagram. It's uh, at Joe Mappi, I think. J-O-M-A-P-I. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, you got to lean on, you got to look for, well, you, you got to have a good eye for um, the cultural markers and cult- cultures that are around, you know, and you, you got to be aware that you you might be in a certain bubble, but there's other there's other ways of seeing things outside. You know what I mean? Like there's subcultures and then there's other ones. It's amazing and how a, f- a so font can can uh, can tell you all of that just from a from a font, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's it is. like you look at a font and you can almost tell. Like it, it's a reflection of the the character of a of a of a business or yeah. or or what or like a brand, a brand or something. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange how minds work like that. You know? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, well, that's it. Just comes from uh, yeah the it's influences that, and the markers that you've collected personally over the years. Yeah. Over the years, like you know, you graffiti see, art, yeah, you know, or good. from magazines or from uh, you know Time Warner magazines when you grew up or National mm. Geographic and and that logo logos that you know and see and logos that you see you see today. They and you got the they can't ignore logos. anything that came before it. So yeah. if you make one that looks a certain way, you can't separate it you, from you basket it in how people perceive that logo when they look at it because they've got all these cultural markers that came before. So um, yeah, that's it's totally true. It's like funny, it's so powerful. It's funny how that changes over time, though. Like think about um, absolutely think about like Patagonia. When I was a kid, my parents used to wear Patagonia stuff. Like, you know, they'd go shopping like once every five years and buy a new good gear, fleece top. And they'd buy a Patagonia one. It was expensive and it was, you know, it was like an old person's brand. It was, mm. you know, it's quite mm. expensive and quality yeah. and all those things. And, you know, and it looked like that. Like if, you know, if I had a worn Patagonia around with my mate skateboarding, it would have been like, fucking wearing that shit. Like, what do we wear? Duffs and like Element and, and that sort of stuff. Some um, terrible skateboard brands from back in the day. But now <laughs> but now Patagonia is like super cool and yeah. all the cool kids are wearing it. Yeah. And the logo is super cool and it's really cool to have a t-shirt that's just like Patagonia. Yeah. And it's just funny like how the perception has changed. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. you know that they did, they, 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 um, they made a, 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 a big announcement over the, it was over the bushfire period, I think, or maybe before mm-hmm. where they said that they recognized uh, climate change and they're working quite uh, heavily towards a um, a carbon neutral um, clothing brand, which we all know that um, the fashion industry is fucking rife with heavy pollutants and 
waste and slave labor and all that kind of stuff. So they're trying to abolish all of that, mm. and it's it's um it's it's rekindled an interest with this next generation that's coming through because it's very relevant to them. Yeah, it's not so relevant to the X's and the and the baby boomers. I mean, fuck, because they're not going to be around. But the ones that are like, oh shit, okay, I can actually buy a t-shirt and know that I'm supporting a a, a brand that's that's thinking about my future. You know. It's pretty cool. That is quite That's cool. Really cool. Mm. Do they, that kind of uh, philosophy is woven into their brand. Do they not, they sponsor some sort they of national of park or something? Yeah, yeah they, they own Patagonia? a big piece of land, I believe, in the Patagonia. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so that was always there. There's a, it's a cool story, but the owner of North Face and Patagonia, I think they were rock climbing buddies together. Mm. And, you know, back in the, like... Um, I don't know, it must have been like the 60s or the 70s. Mm. And they both sort of created their own brands. I think they agreed like, oh, we need to do something to protect this part of the earth. And they'd go rock climbing in Patagonia, like Southern Argentina or Chile, whatever. Um, and then they both started to sort of make products that were around that. And one was more clothes, and one was more rock climbing gear. And mm. I don't know if they had a falling out or whatever, but they essentially just evolved, built these two brands. So they, they both have kind of regeneration or at least I think they've like maintained the ecosystem in those areas and plan to kind of purchase more of it and keep it protected. So, yeah, they've always had a greater Love purpose that. in mind. Fuck, we got to do something like that. Well, we've, we, we've spoken. We're, on, we're on, the, on, on the path of that. Exactly that. That's right. Growing more trees. Yep. The botany Patagonias. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... So it's interesting like what you're saying because there's like an acknowledgement of what came before because what came before sets the trends or sets the impressions that people have of certain mm-hmm. visual aspects. But then it can also change in over yes, time, yeah. can't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. From a Poindexter brand to a cool guy that's, brand. Yeah, that's yeah. a trend, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, and the, the, that, that thing that happens happens with um, – not only fonts, but like colors as well. Like co- colors become popular and trendy and they will trigger people for certain things. Um, and then, you know, it will trigger different emotions in a different decade. You know what I mean? Like, so you got like stars a, and stripes your, your subculture like and they're like your cool people. Mm. And then, the, then all the, like the big companies dredge it up and make it pop culture. And then the not so cool people start wearing it and then the cool people have to adapt. Does it kind of work like that? I think so. It's happened all the time, hasn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? it? Yeah. With, um, with any of the Even the music. Arts. Music, yeah, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Mm. So how did we get to the logo that we've got? Um, so, yeah, we, we engaged with a guy like Joe, Johan. Um, and, you know, we approached him. He had done a bit of stuff for us, I think, in the past, some one-off designs. My history might be a bit, a uh, bit bumpy there, but um, we sat down and it was like. He's, but before he's a that, there was there was a a, a a font that you designed. Yeah, and he worked off that. Yes, remember? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, designed yeah, yeah, a font, yeah, yeah. and it was it was yeah. pretty much. Was that the the one that's on the grey hoodie, the Jungle Brothers? Oh no, that was Bose one. No, yeah, that yeah, the, that that's the one he's talking about. No, there was one after Bose, and it was yours. Sorry, and you ca- it came. Yeah, out. the the JB one, the Miami yeah, Dolphins colors, that's one. orange yeah. and teal. Yeah, and yeah. then the font that came with that for yeah, that was a precursor well. to Bose, wasn't it? Uh, no, Bose no, was the first Bose one. Bose was before that. Bose was before that. Yeah, because I took the swinging 
the swinging person that's on right. the vine from Bo's art, which is really right. cool. Yeah. And put that into the JB. Yeah, I did. And I did that during my course. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So, yeah, Bo was another uh, friend of T's. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's an artist and a, and a graphic designer who works in the clothing industry, clothing industry and he helped us with a, the with a logo. Um, Poor guy just then, got bombarded got with. Bomb- <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we ended up with something shit. A, a lot it was of nothing to do with Bo. It was just <laughs> me probably getting involved. <laughs> it was all right. A lot of people have suffered over the years through our learnings. <laughs> <laughs> we bleed together. Yeah. They've carried us. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, if we're, it was from whether it was Bo at that point or it was, was me and then Johan, like the process is kind of similar where you you collaborate with that artist and you you sit there and you work out the vision first um and and johan with his background um he's pretty pretty organized like he he deals with small businesses and startups and he's in that edge of um like that startup kind of uh, group of people especially with gyms and stuff he likes working on that level um, so he's really cool. Get a bit more creative there, to non-professionals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be as generic as a bigger brand. The big brand needs that big generic yes. style yeah, of yeah. logo that doesn't necessarily look good. You mm, just have to be mm. able to recognize it. Yeah. It has to be directly relative to that brand. So then he gives me a line of questions um, and we go through that. And, you know, this process is the most important and it's pretty – Thorough. What are the questions? I can't remember. So you must remember some of them. I remember some. Yeah. It's like uh, if your brand was a person, what would it stand for? What did you – oh, mm. oh, what would it stand you for? You know, what, what – like is it left-leaning? Is it right-leaning? Does it, does it care about the environment? Yes, is it yeah. more interested in growth? Yeah. Is it aggressive? Is it empathetic? You know, and so you start oh, wow. to like yeah. tell him, oh, well, this and this. And I mean, he then takes – and he asks a lot of questions he asks a lot like of questions. that. Yeah. He looks for if we already had a brand overview and he asks you to make a, a collage of images of logos that you like. Um, he asks for like the tone of the brand and and then he'll go and because we were already an existing business, he'll go and R&D everything that we've got and he'll put it all into one thing and he'll analyze what we've got and come and and then he will like social media and stuff like that. Yeah. So everything that we had out all of all of our clothes he makes it into a, a document and then he writes his thoughts on it. Then I and I give him my answers and then we put them together and he's like, "Okay, I got this from it." And then we work from there. And then, you know, How do you know how much to get involved because I mean, it's easy to try and like drive the ship with somebody who's obviously educated and yep. trained and whatnot and probably knows what's best for you. Yes. But at yep. the same time, you want to make sure it's the right product and it represents you. Do you get involved in the actual, when he's drawing it or does, do you just tell him all of that and he goes away and builds something and comes back and you say, yeah, yeah or no. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to trust in the person that you're, you're investing with there. Cause well, he knows more than you. That's why he's seeing him. So you've got to trust in his process and the process kind of goes where um, you'll take all that information and then he'll go and he'll make some sketches then come back. It's not like he's going to give you a final six logos and you choose one. It's, it's a back and forth. He'll do sketches and wire sketch some things up. It's very rough. And based on those choices, um, he'll go back and then he'll further develop the thing and, and go back and forth. But yeah, there is definitely a danger of, you know, nitpicking and looking at something too close. And I think that, for, for us, from where we came from, it just came over time. Um, you know, I, I used to be the 
kind of perfectionist when it came to things. And I know I spend too much time on any one thing in our business. I don't know if you remember that. Um, probably we all did that at some point. Um, and it was learning to let go of a lot of shit and just let it out there. The kind of 80, 80% finish type thing that we, we started doing. Um, <clears throat> and realizing that, it, you know, it wasn't going to be, you know, drastic to anything if we just kind of let it out and let it come back and, you know, being able to, uh, to think in that kind of way um, and let go of the process a bit more, actually let the process breathe a little better. And, you know, I reached out to Joe because I've known him and we actually used to play soccer together um, and he was from around the same area. I think he went to Leichhardt High um, and the same group of friends and probably smoked you know, bongs. Potentially, potentially. And I wonder we, if anyone smokes bongs anymore. They're out there. I don't there. think so. Everyone's on vape. They do. They <laughs> just call them sheeshes. <laughs> <laughs> sheeshes and vapes. All vapes. Yeah. Vapes. Yeah, vapes. You know, we played soccer together and he he was in a little, he was, well, he was an artist as well. And um, he was in a show with some friends of mine and I loved his stuff and all the boys did some really good work. I, you know, know a bunch of graffiti artists and painters and stuff like that and they they did some shows and i also had i had that remember that apartment the studio apartment in tempe mm. st peter's i used to live at yeah when i moved out of that we had an art show like the week we had we emptied the place out and then we had all of our friends art we hung it out and it was there for like four days and people came and like bought it and stuff like that it was really cool i had some of my photos up cool uh that time and anyway that was kind of the last time i had seen him um, before we re-engage with him here, but um, he's talented and I knew his talent and I'd see it on Instagram and then at some point it was like, yeah, man, he's got the type of look that we want and then we just kind of brought him. So you bring him on and you got to trust in them, you know what I mean? He he, he does what he does. Um, I'm probably doing that course um, and having a bit of a background in it has definitely helped. Like, you know yep. what I mean? Like, you know, understanding colours and how long something takes and, you know, kind of doing the dirty work and, and the heavy lifting back then 100% uh, informs me better on, on how to, like, consult with, with him, even though he thinks probably thinks I'm still pretty annoying. I can get really nitpicky on some, but some things you just got to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... He's a, he's a, I mean, he's really good at his artists. job, which makes it very easy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's can, totally right. He's, he's proven that you can trust in him. Yeah. And I think that's, it's kind of like... It's kind of like when someone comes to the gym and they and they're like, yeah, 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 like I know what to do. I've been going to the gym by myself for a long time, and and then you get you to know work they're them. not going to get any results. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> oh, let me fucking clean up everything you just showed me. And they're like, and their mind's blown because there's all this stuff they didn't know they didn't know. Yeah, and it's kind of like that, isn't it, with the with the logo thing, with the branding thing, where Johan, if or, you're open to it. Yes, because there's a lot of people that come with that same attitude, and they're not open to change because of it. You know, so that's why I was asking, like, it could be easy for you to just kind of pick at something so much that they end up just doing what exactly what you want and ends up looking shit because of it. You know, yeah. The outcome. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing now because he's proven how good he is and how in line with our brand he is and how well he knows us that we can just give him something and what comes back usually is spot on. Mm. Yeah. Can you tell us about the animals? Because... The logo itself is quite simple, but the animals that we have, our animal prints are really detailed. Well, I should probably mention along the line of artists that 
have carried us over the years is a guy called Will Lines. Oh, we love you, Wills. Will Boss. Willie Bones. Lines and Co. Will Boss. Is that his Instagram? Lines and Co, yeah. yeah. Lines and, is that the Ampersand? Uh, I don't know. Ampersand, is that what that's called? Pretty sure. And he is actually, like, he is the He's at he, Lines yeah. and, and Co. And yeah. Actual artist. Yep. A&D Co. He works with yeah. pen and pencil and He was paint. a graffiti artist from back in the day. And, um, Might have painted us. And uh, uh, gold leafing. Yeah. But he doesn't, I don't think he does any of his art on a computer. Um, as far as I'm aware. I think he might use it in part of the process with some Take some photos stuff. and shit. Yeah. Of but the actual art. I'm, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he uses part of his process. But now he, he does, yeah, he does gold leafing and amazing shit on, on mirrors and glass. All the best work that you see around Sydney. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's really an old process that's been... You know, given rekindled a new, new spring, yeah. Um, that that gold signs and there's fake stuff as well, but the really lovely work was like gold textured mirrors and you know, fucking glass signs at cafes and stuff. He does all that. He designed um, one of our t-shirts, and this is him. It, you said it's, it's very detailed. He's hand drawn that. Looking at a picture that uh, Paul's holding on a, on a pl- uh, piece of ply. Is oh that yeah, ply? Uh, and it's ply. a highly detailed. <laughs> Um, face of a of a leopard. Yeah, man. Uh, Half raw. I have to say right now, like, amazing. There's a lot of graphic designers out there that have got no idea. I got. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of them, and there's because it's one of these things that people are like. Hey, this is a great way to make money from home, and I think I got a good eye for shit. Mm. A lot of people do not, and they get proficient in how to use press the buttons, how to cut and paste, and they yeah. I just. There's a lot of bad, and I mention that now because you're always going to be in a good position if you if there's someone who's practiced another discipline before um, and is skilled with uh, their hands. Say, and I always look at guys who can who can hand draw um, as it transferring into you know graphic design. It's just I can look at this. This is this yeah, is it's something about it. That was it was our most popular. It's always been our most popular print for our t-shirts and our jumpers. Yeah. It's always been that, and it's the you know, that's the you know, I think that's the only one that's been hand drawn from scratch, like the gorillas and and stuff were mm. the man part, I think. Well, yeah, it's 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 just a different process. Like uh, just like something about it. Yeah, that's but we've we've also always kept it as a one off. Yeah, like we only did that one run of t shirts back in the day. I would you know not to detract at all from its it, the beauty of it, um, and it's it, it's it's exceptional, but. I wonder if, if it had become our main brand that we were putting on everything, then people would be like, oh, what's, that, what's that other thing you do, yeah. you know? Because totally. it, like we've been wearing around those original T-shirts of that, from which is fucking so tattered. Yeah. And so we finally just got it reprinted on some long sleeves. I had to throw things. mine away this year. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. I had to throw my other old one away this uh, this year. Early this year I had it and I was doing, I think I was hanging from the bar. I'm pretty sure it was Elaine was like, oh, you're giving your armpits some extra air there. I just had holes just <laughs> underneath here, just holes. And <laughs> that, that T-shirt I think was a lot of people's <laughs> favourite tee. Yeah. Well, it's good I good that we it. got the long, long sleeve now. Yeah. Great top. Um, well, I, I will mention now that um, it's an evolution, the whole brand thing. And like when you talk about merchandise and stuff, I I have big dreams for where it will go in the future. But we've we know we got we got bigger fish to fry in our business. But I I think fucking you know a lot of people love our brand and our gym and what we're doing. 
um, whether they're trained here locally or they're looking to open up their own one now with the interns coming and whatnot. But um, there's other people that just align with our beliefs. And I personally want to get to a position where we, we, we do a merchandise thing. I fucking would love to take part in, in pushing that whole thing down in mm. a few years' time. because Supporting guys like Will? Supporting guys like Will, for sure, yeah. and sending a good message because um, it's fun shit. It's definitely fun stuff, hey? Yeah, and there's no shortage of shit design out there. And you see people wearing stuff and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> like say, so say like a, like a uh, you know, you see, you see it in fitness. You see like the gym's obviously gone, oh, we need a T-shirt. And so they've like just chosen some font and oh, like written the name of the gym on some dodgy hoodie and then fitness logos are the worst yeah and you're like why all logos are the worst why do that like i mean you know i get it but it's like, like you could do make something nice out of it they've always got the, yep. like that the the stripey guy or or what like stick figure i walk With past the, anytime fitness oh, yesterday anytime morning no, those and, I, and i walked past it and the logo at the front of the building is really big and i was like this close to it it was the first time i really noticed how bad that guy is oh, with no inc- legs it's incredible oh, yeah it's yeah it's just horrible. like a thing no legs yeah. is it just arms and a head i think it's arms and just a little thing or maybe there's a leg on it but it's yeah that that's <laughs> the one you see that popping up all over the place it's, funny. it's interesting because anyway, that that, that shit almost like um i hang shit on them all the time f45 <laughs> It's incredible because it's so big, right? Such a successful brand. Stars and stripes. But it's got the <laughs> worst logo. Like it, it's, it's when, I'm, when I say it's the worst, it's because you can't actually read part of it. I think it says team training life changing underneath, but the font is so compressed and narrow yep. that when the logo is at a certain size, it's just, it's, it just looks like dots. Yep. And you're like, well, that's like just a poorly designed logo. Like mm, it wasn't mm, considered. Mm. In a way, it's almost like when something is is uh, low quality like that, it indicates kind of the values of the brand in that they're trying to move fast and just like get the yeah, quick yeah. dollar kind yep. of thing. Like yep. just get the fucking franchises sold and then worry about the rest later. Mm. Um, I feel like that's a real, giveaway, a real giveaway. Whereas when you look at a brand that has a, a very well-considered logo and it's consistent and, it, and, and you can just see quality in it, it usually is a quality brand. Something's totally, going to be around totally. for a while. Well, you know, not necessarily to say that you would agree with the the, the values of that company. There's yep. plenty of fucking, you know, companies out there that are doing dodgy shit that have got great logos, but it's a successful brand and, and they do something well. Yeah, and on, on that that you noticed, um, just part of the process with like how we came to ours, um, those are the type of things that Johan considers with his design and with, you know, any good designer that looking at how it's going to scale um, and with the 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 brand it gives us a brand guidelines um and a like a, a package that has all of our logos and how to use it um with we've got two two logos we've actually got two plus like a third sub kind of logo which is the fight lift move we've got the jungle brothers brand logo then we've got the initials logo jb and then we've got the fight lift move which just has, has become another thing um and then some pics as well yeah but you got, you got a place each one of somewhere. them say sorry on that point about the the small writing, Jungle Brothers, you got the brothers, which is kind of small. Um, well, yeah, he's like recommends that we only use it to a certain size, you know, because then it starts to look like mud, and then you need to use like the the JB, JB initial from there on. So it's like all those kind of considerations when he's making it. He's trying to you know diminish the brothers' bit and make the jungle bit bigger, but then not make it so small. So then he sets parameters on how how and where you should put these. Um, who does a placement? Like, where do you uh, when you when you 
putting together a t-shirt or a jacket or something like that. Is that you or is that does do you send the, the t-shirts off to Johan or Yeah, that's us pretty much, AJ. Eh, pretty that's much. That's a tricky yeah. tricky job as well. Like there's it been a few times where, me out every time. Yeah, there's been a few <laughs> times where like the the one that we had on the side. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Remember that one? Jungle Yeah, and everyone mm-hmm. kept coming up to me saying, we can't read, I can't read what the hell that says on the yeah. side. Yeah. Like, it was like irritating people. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I didn't even think about it, but it was, it's funny like what people feel com- comfortable wearing. I mean, if you had it anywhere else, they wouldn't care, but because it was in a space that they weren't used to, mm. it became this little bit of an irritant for them. Yeah, it's funny that stuff like um, – We've had we've gotten samples from you know like screen printers and stuff from overseas in the past, and they'll send you something that kind of looks the same as like what we're all we're all wearing some Jungle Brothers merch now, but they'll send you something and like you just it just be something a little bit off about it, and you're <laughs> like, what's off about the way that Fight Lift Move logo is sitting on the the chest of that jumper, and it's like just a little bit too close to the inside the or just a little bit too high, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, fuck it, it it does make you realize you when you go to a good designer and then you go to a good printer mm. they just know mm. and it's largely in the printer's hands because re- isn't it yeah, like yeah we yeah, send yeah. them a mock-up yeah yep. which is like oh this is what it should look like yeah and that usually comes from johan yeah and we send them the logo files but then it's up to them where they actually position it on the mm. shirt that's right. right so you're just hoping that they've done right. enough shirts and they yeah. just know yeah it's like you know that there's a ratio or some kind of measurement and uh yeah 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 and and like we we there's other thing is that you have um like say well we've got costs that we have we've got parameters like we if we if we could we'd make all sorts of other shit and we'd we'd make sure that those things never go wrong and uh, another thing is the size of say um the logo on the back um it costs more to make more screens um for the same logo relative to the size of the t-shirt it's going to go on so if i make one screen that's you know two by one type thing fits really well on a large, but it just like drowns out the back on an extra small. It's going to cost you more to make a smaller screen. That's relative to the small and extra mm. small sizes. And we don't do that thing either. Cause you know, we're not a freaking clothing company, but those are all those little details that, you know, we'd like to address later on in the future. And, and I definitely, when I talk about the future, um, I'd love to get this brand, our gym um, up, and, and recognize to a point where we can be more flexible with uh, what we make. Cause at the moment we, we have to, we're obliged to just meet certain things. Like if we're going to spend a bunch of money on these, uh, these hoodies and stuff, then it's got to say, it's got to have our logo on it pretty big and it needs to be recognizable so that we can get some return on it now. But later on we can be a bit more subtle and play with fashion with you know a diminished logo on like the, the the sleeve and stuff like that, you know what I mean. So, you know maybe reduce down to a, a picture that's recognised like that that Nike swoosh or something like that. And well, I guess you know they are. It's a, for us the main aim is for people to wear it around the neighbourhood. Yeah, right? exactly. Sure. And, and yep. they got to feel comfortable and you know proud to wear it. Yeah, and that's working well. I mean, we went to to the um, the oh the park the, the brasserie. Yeah, yeah, the brasserie. No, it's the um, Distillery. What is it? One drop. One drop um, brewery. Don't get me started. Brewery. He didn't want to give it air. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was like, he's doing we to the brewery. Yeah. And, and the there were like three people wearing a Jungle Brothers hoodie. Oh, there was two. There were three people in there. We had more, we had more of our brand on, 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 um, on like viewable than the, than the brewery had of theirs. 
It's true. It's, great. it's very cool that you kind yeah. of forget that the significance of that be like, oh, that's sick. They're wearing a brand that we created. Yeah. I went to the service station down the road and the guy was like, oh, I see quite a few people wearing that, that same T-shirt come in here. He goes, Are you guys, what, tell me about it. And I'd sit down to, like, well, I didn't sit down, but I stood there and told him about the gym. But it was interesting. Like, he was like, yeah, 30, 30 minutes so, later. So many people come in here and, and wear those tops. So you've done a good job with them. That's cool. <laughs> so it's good feedback for you guys. That's very cool. I'm going to break something here on, on live. Oh, something that hasn't actually glass. happened. No, it's just a, it's an idea that I've had for a while. And I, I mentioned that because I was just talking to Johan on the phone before we started. Um, but um, yeah, it's clothes. I've always wanted to make my own clothes. Um, and As in like brand or sewing them? Brand. I've just wanted to have the power right. to fucking wear whatever I want to wear type thing. Um, you know when you find a good pair of shorts and then you can never find that good pair of shorts again? Plus I don't go shopping. Like I don't have time to shop. I don't really love shopping at all anymore. Whereas I used to do it heaps in my 20s, just blow money on the weekend on shit. Oh, you never yeah. wear it again. Now it's like you find a good pair of shorts and you're like, and, and a few times I've gone and uh, got the, that short, that cut made again. You know, you give someone material and do that. I've always wanted to do that. And I think, yeah, moving on, moving forward in, in the years as a father and stuff, it's, it's stronger. Uh, I want to just make my own clothes. Tash actually did a textile course. She can make clothes. Not that I'm going to ask her to. Well, so like make, make but clothes. Yeah, no. I don't want to make them, but I just want to like Tell say find a good pair them. of shorts. Yeah, I want to go find cool materials and then just go, hey, can you can you make six pairs, two in this color, in this material, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I've also wanted to uh, put messaging on clothes. Um, and so I, I kind of rekindled this idea in the last few months and I reached out to Johan. And I'm gathering my thoughts, but anyway, I thought I'd just put a bit of accountability on it by saying it here. Um, yeah, I'm going to just make some clothes that have messages on it and uh, wear them around. Oh, I like that. Get Can you tell me what some of the messages will no, say? No, no. Why not? <laughs> I don't really have them like, all yet. You gotta- Sweat is just fat crying, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fitness inspo. Pain no. and weakness leaving I, the body. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Avocado. That's yeah. like I just wrote it with it's an avocado doing weights. <laughs> That's good. No, I know it's so just like you must have an idea I, of what I, these I actually, messages are. I don't. And and this is part of my reason why I'm doing it. It's because I, I made a space for these ideas to be written down into, but I haven't, you haven't I haven't made the time. To, I've put a few links into this space, which is links inspiration type thing, but I need to start writing them down. I, I hear things. Are they controversial or inspirational? They're inspirational, but they're, they're super subtle. It's With like them? it's like modern art, bro, basically. So it's like up to interpretation. Um, it's probably going to be pretty clear. Banksy I don't know yet. styles? As soon as I, as soon as I fucking know. <laughs> I know you fucking I'll, know. I'll walk to you. I don't. <laughs> He's like, you wouldn't understand, T. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah You're not cool enough. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it done before. I mean, we've all seen it. It's happened over the years. Um, a good example is the Choose Life t-shirt. Um, do you remember the Choose Life t-shirt? Yeah. From the 80s? I don't really know the history no. behind it, but think about that t-shirt. Yeah. It's a fucking sick t-shirt. Yeah, and the hypercolor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the Choose Life T-shirt. It said Choose Life on it. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I gathered that. It's a, <laughs> you, you never saw George Michael wearing that T-shirt yeah. in that film clip. Yeah. Nah, 
Oh, dude. Big oh, has it got an arrow pointing up? Does it have something like that? No. No, no just, just black letters. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it went um, large. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just shit like that. Well, that's how apparently Dave Asprey, the bulletproof executive guy who had that, that bulletproof brand. Yeah. Apparently he made a whole bunch of his money in the early days of the internet selling T-shirts. Uh, I think it says, I love coffee. Yeah, and it's got a picture. Sure. It's got a coffee cup. Coffee yeah, in it. Uh, yeah, and he sold fucking movement. billions of them. Wow, <laughs> you know, yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like that's so novel. I love coffee. Yeah, well, well I'm not maybe. trying to sell these t-shirts. I, 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 You're I, just going to wear them. Yeah, it's One more else. like little. It's just more like statements. It's more like things to make you think, or maybe something to start a conversation. It's just like a thought. So I You'll can make one like mobile art. Basically, that's wow. what I'm going to be. Mobile art. I want to get like jackets and like fucking embroider them on jackets and stuff. And wow, and colors, everything, everything, <laughs> oh, everything, bro. Nice. But uh, you know, it's it, it could go anywhere. So anyway, watch this space. It's going to be sick. We got a couple of questions that are coming from the fan. We're going to wrap it in a moment. Mm. There's two questions that came through. Um, big questions uh, from my Instagram. Oh. Angus White asked, "Is there ever going to be another Jungle Brothers location?" Oh. We can't wrap it in a moment to a question like that. Well, what's the short answer? I yes. Mean, fucking well, heaps. Of course there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, heaps there is. In two words. There, there, there is, heaps. and it is in the process now of, uh, well, should we talk about this? I'm well, selling my fucking house. I'm going to build a Jungle Brothers up at the Byron Hinterland. Well, there it is, fam. There it is. Byron Hinterland. When are you proposing to, to start this process or when are you proposing to get out of town? Um, I'm looking at uh, a six mm. month kind of process of sale, house sale. And so we're looking at like some early, like the first half of next year, talking somebody into giving me more money. Cause I'm going to need more. Um, Maybe from your t-shirt sales, Paulie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone out there will want to, will want to want to buy in on this. I think um, it's going to be a big project. It's going to be the biggest project I've ever been involved with like manual project. I mean, our affiliate's the biggest. That's going to be something even bigger, but in a different different manner. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and there are a couple of other people that are showing a really strong interest and I really, really hope that they, um, they follow through with it because I think um, we're just going to be stronger, united. And, and this is this whole um, community style of, of um, interaction that we have in the gym is something that, that is imperative for us to be moving forward in with our affiliate models as well. So rather than just having all these, you know, gyms out there that don't necessarily communicate with each other, we will be sharing on a, on a global scale at one stage. That's right. That is the, the, the ultimate vision. And this is uh, 2021 is going to be a big year, Angus. Yeah. Thank you for your question. Yes. But this is a big, you know, we, we can talk more about this Mullen Bimby adventure on yeah. another episode. Second question is, are mullets compulsory? And if not, why not? <laughs> we got three mullets in the gym now. Three. We got four mullets in the gym now. Who's Andrew Byro's son. <laughs> Did you shave one in, Josh? He turned up with one, yeah, when he joined up. Look what you've done. I know. Poor kid. Moggs did it. <laughs> I just follow. I just jumped on the bandwagon. And now it's a mental health thing. So all of a sudden I'm a good guy. Yeah. It's gonna be Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's it called? It's mental mullet. Grow a mullet for mental health or That's something one, from yeah. the Black Dog Institute. Yep. That question was from Jake O'Driscoll, by the way, who's a jiu-jitsu buddy of mine from WA. Hi, Jake. Hi, hello, Jake. Thank, Jake. Thank you for the question. Thank you <clears> for the question. They're, uh, they're, not, they're not compulsory, but- 
You want to have tidy nice to hair. Rock a little mullet yeah, here. Do and something there. with it. Yeah, no, I like them, Why but they're not. Yeah, you guys have both had one at a time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I had a little one. My wife yeah. made me cut mine off. <laughs> as soon as it started getting curly at the bottom, she was like, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> oh, it's just maturing. <laughs> it's yeah. like a little springlet. Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, we went to, um, to a. Um, it was the weekend that I cut it. We went to someone's um, baptism, and one of the uncles was there, and he was about probably about 50, which is, you know. No, I'm I'm like 41, turning 42, and I saw this mullet and it was like down to his like the bottom of his butt, but he had like the the gold hoop earring Ooh. and all like it just Leather stepped vest? straight out of the 80s and never left yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be like that. <laughs> so I cut it off after. Yeah, uh, that, that, that young fellow that just joined the gym, I, I was I, I commended him on his mullet yesterday and he was like, oh, it's only little. And he's like, I got a mate at school, he's got a bowl cut and then this mullet that oh. hangs down to about middle of the back. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And he said, yeah. And he, and like, bowl he, shake, mullet. he shakes his head like that. And all the other kids are like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Switch. A bowl uh, mullet. A bowl, like bowl cut, and then it just drops down into mullet. Oh, wow. That's something That's special. Extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, they never I really left that. the fashion industry. No, they'll, nev- they'll never leave. They were always around. Yeah, there's yeah, some they rude ones out there. There is. It'll come back. Making a comeback right now. Right here is the epicenter. Yeah. <laughs> Get on <laughs> board. break. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks today, gents. Thank that was, you. That was good dance. Um, guys, drink Panavore coffee. Panavore is a cafe near oh, us. They fantastic. supply the coffee that we drink. Tree, who trains with us, runs a cafe. He's a fucking legend. You can't go in that place without him giving you something. A pastry, a bag of coffee. And he's kicking goals free in the gym coffee. as well. He's killing it. He's just gotten strong. He's, he came to me yesterday. He's like, bro, I got a problem. I'm, I'm like 82 kilos now. I used to be like high 70s. I'm like, bro, because you're getting jacked. <laughs> and he's like, I know. I just, I just, I'm just not sure. He's like, <laughs> you know, like for people who have been attached to wanting to lose weight yeah, or wanting to lose body fat and then they start gaining weight but they're gaining muscle. Mm. He looks incredible. Looks like good. It. It's all right, bro. I'm with you. Let yeah. me hold your hand. Well, he's definitely Tonight. looking leaner. Yeah. And so he's obviously putting on some muscle, which is good. We love that. Yeah. yeah. Fucking earth. Um, thanks for listening today, guys. If you enjoyed the show, please screenshot it, post it on your Instagram, tag us, tell your friends, help support the show, um, give us a review on iTunes, whatever, just make it a thing. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers, gents. Thank you. Thanks.